0: Good evening. Good to see everybody out uh, with us tonight. We appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Thankful that uh, God's blessed us with another opportunity to be back with you. We're going to uh, finish up the fourth chapter of the book of John tonight. We may get into the fifth chapter just <clears throat> briefly. Don't know if we will or not. Uh, but we uh, going to go to the Lord in prayer uh, first off. And then uh, uh, after we uh, get through prayer, we'll get into the text tonight. Our Father, we thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for this privilege, honor, and opportunity, God, to approach thy throne. We thank you for your precious word tonight. We pray, God, that you would uh, bless it multiply it, God, in our minds and in our hearts, God, that we may uh, be good shepherds and stewards of thy word, God, that we would uh, feed thy flock tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the promise and the hope of eternal life through thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, God, that, Lord, that you touch and bless all those that are sick and afflicted, those in nursing homes and hospitals, those, God, dealing with uh, financial distress. God, we pray most of all, Father, for those, God, that uh, are dealing with sickness and disease. Uh, God, may be standing uh, on the doorstep of eternity. We pray, God, most of all, uh, Lord, if they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, it's our heart's desire that they be saved today this Very moment before it's everlasting and eternally too late, watch over us, bless us, keep us, and uh, care for us. We'll thank you and praise you for what you do. If we ask it in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, I'm gonna pick up here and finish off uh, the fourth chapter of the book of John. Like I said, we may get into a portion of, ch- of uh, chapter five tonight as well. Uh, but where we'll pick up, we don't have too many verses left in John 4. Uh, Verse number 46 The Bible says, So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went uh, unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed uh, the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquiring he of them the hour uh, when uh, he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him, so the father knew that it was at the same hour <clears throat> in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and, and himself believed, and his whole house. This uh, is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. And uh, that's uh, the remainder of the reading of the fourth chapter of the book of John, and uh, some good stuff has transpired so far in the book of John. We see where Jesus... Uh, he uh, went by the well. He gave his uh, dissemination of the gospel to the woman at the well. And uh, uh, then he had spoken to the disciples that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We had a conference last week. We weren't able to do Bible study last week. But a couple of weeks ago, we talked about where he gave, uh, 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 he preached a message really uh, unto the disciples about uh, the fields that are wide under the harvest. And as we get into this right here, now we see where Jesus is, We pick back up and it says, so now Jesus has come again to Cana of Galilee. So uh, he's uh, began his ministry here on this earth. He's beginning to walk through and uh, engage. And uh, the disciples are really starting to see who he is. Uh, And they believe that he is the savior, that he is the Messiah. But um, we know the end of the story. The disciples are living this uh, at face value, minute for minute. And they're beginning to see, uh, just uh, exactly who Christ is. So the Bible says that Jesus came back down to, Cal- uh, to Cana of Galilee. And we see right here, and I want to say this in the end of this, in the 54th verse, the Bible says, this is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee or Cana. So the first and second miracles, we see where uh, John kind of organizes these thoughts as he's beginning to march through this. And we see in the in the Johannine Gospels, uh, or in the Gospel of John right here, we see where uh, when John comes through this, there's really seven prominent miracles that he brings to the forefront. Of course, we got the water into the wine in chapter 2. Uh, the official son healed, where we get to right here, the nobleman's son healed. Uh, uh, here in the uh, fourth chapter of John. And then we get into uh, the first portions, uh, you know, roughly verses uh, 1 through 18 of chapter number 5. We have where the lame man is healed. Uh, in chapter six, we have the feeding of the 5,000. He walks on water in chapter number six. He heals the blind man uh, in chapter nine. And then he raises Lazarus from the dead in chapter number 11. Uh, and then uh, we get into the, the passion of the Christ in the following or in the latter half uh, of the gospels of John. But we see this ordering right here and we see the significance that there were seven major miracles. Of course, John concludes the, the gospel of John and his letter uh, with the fact that if all the things and the miracles that Christ had done, all the, all the books that the world itself cannot contain, uh, all these works that he has done and manifest himself uh, among his people. So obviously this is not a, a chronological um, uh, outgiving right here of every single thing that Christ done, but there is some logic and order in john's writing and that's what he gets to right there but we'll circle back right here the bible says that there was a uh, a nobleman or an officer's son uh, the, uh, uh and his son uh was sick and of course we understand we come to the realization the conclusion uh, that we don't know exactly what's wrong with him we know what he's uh, absolutely at the point of death in verse number 37 the bible says when he heard that jesus was come out of judea into galilee He went unto him, besought him, that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And obviously he's ran down here just from the minor, or or, I wouldn't say minor, but just from the events that have already transpired uh, between where we have the rise, where he was at the wedding supper of Cana of Galilee, where his mother looked to him, and and he turned uh, the water pots of stone, he turned the water into wine. Uh, We see where we go and we have the discourse at the temple. Uh, following those things and this is kind of a highlight uh and a recap so we have uh that uh, when jesus leaves camp of galilee that obviously he goes into jerusalem he gives at the day at the week of the passover uh where they're celebrating the passover it's where uh he uh he comes in and he disparages the money changers tables uh listen he says that this is he declares that this is the house. Of prayer, uh, and then he furthermore goes on to say, "This is where we have the first establishment of Jesus's use of tabernacle, uh, tabernacle language." Where I will not say the first establishment, uh, because in John chapter one we see where the Bible says uh, in verse number fourteen, uh, "And the Word became flesh and dwelt, or tabernacled." in that specific language, and tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And of course, we see uh, we see the play on words right there that Jesus used and that John used especially, that he tabernacled, he dwelt, he tabernacled among us, not only did he tabernacle, and we beheld his glory, which was the Shekinah, and we see where John was tying in right there with the Shekinah glory of God that would fall only on the day of atonement when the celebration of Passover was come in the tabernacle, so we see John's specific usage, and and we see the baseline of where he is pointing. And, and if you've heard us talking, and, and uh, as we begin to teach our way through the Gospel of John, uh, we see where John uh, is specifically pressing down uh, on the messianic greatness of the High King of Kevin, the uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we begin to see uh, as as this escalation begins to build as we transgress through the text. Uh, We see right here where uh, Jesus comes and then he, uh, after we see the escalation where Jesus establishes himself as the temple, uh, as he, as he declares under the, uh, to the people of Israel, he said, uh, "Listen." Uh, they said, "Well, this temple was in building for forty-six years." He said, "Yes, I know, but he said in three days I'll tear it down and I'll rebuild it." And then he looks to his disciples as I was speaking of my body. Then we see in John three where he goes on. And he has the conversation uh, with Nicodemus. We see the rebirth language first inaugurated. Uh, the rebirth language right here we see as we can tie the discourse back back to the S, uh, the Exodus. We can see the birth of a nation. We see the uh, the. Uh, Establishment of a new temple through the Lord Jesus Christ. And through the establishment of that new temple in the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the birth of a new nation, which we declare uh, and testify and adhere to today. And it's known as the gospel church, the New Testament gospel church. It said you must be born again uh, into these things by water and by spirit. Then we uh, transgress a little bit further. We see where God uh, is as Jesus begins to uh, unveil uh, what the gospel message is, that, that he's not coming to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We see where he's healing. We go on to the progression of John chapter number four. Then we begin to see this wonderful co-mingling mingling where where Jesus, the the Messiah, in the outstart and the beginning of his gospel, uh, as he's come, as He's now uh, is declared uh, that he is the savior of all men, uh, that he came to seek and to save that which was lost uh, the yellow red black or white there they are all precious in his sight so we see that the whosoever will gospel uh, is uh, enunciated through the Lord Jesus Christ and then in John chapter 4 not only is it enunciated it is executed where he goes uh, to the half-breeds the Samaritan that were intermingled Jews, and he goes down there, uh, and and listen, he begins to deal with them. Then we come to this right here, and Jesus is making his exodus back, uh, listen, into Cana, Uh, and because all this stir and all this roar has come, listen, Jesus' fame and his prominence and his eminence is beginning to resound uh, all through uh, all through, uh, listen uh, the the land and the nation, and because of this, uh, we see that this nobleman that he comes, he comes running, uh, he comes running uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he comes running to the Lord Jesus Christ, he declares, he said, "Jesus, would you come, please? Uh, come down." Uh, listen, he said, "Listen, I'm from Capernaum." He, and he said, "I've ran all this way." Listen, and we need to understand that from Cana of Galilee to Capernaum is roughly eighteen to twenty-two miles. We can see here by the text. When he comes back the next day, that this is a journey that he had walked. I listen, and friends, they, listen. We need to understand something today, especially in this Western Americanized gospel that we've adopted. Listen, we—I've said this uh, many times. Uh, listen, and, and I don't mean this derogatory in any sense, because the application goes to me as much as it does to anyone. Uh, but friends, listen—we are—we uh, we are very spoiled uh, uh, in this place, in this day, in this time, and because we're very spoiled in this place, in this day and time. Uh, listen we don't see the necessity or the urgency uh, or we don't see uh, not only do we not uh, see or recognize the necessity and the urgency uh, friends we take so many things for granted we're blinded by our blessings we'll get into this a little bit more in chapter six when we talk about the feeding of the 5000 we're going to get into real uh, in chapter five and chapter six we're going to start to lay down some real doctrinal uh, and essential theological proofs and doctrines that the text begins to. dispel to us and Jesus speaks words of truth and he begins to harmonize all things that have been prophesied through the old testament for all these years Jesus is now reconciling all these things together in himself but listen I won't divert course now get back to this now we see this man he traveled from a far distance he'd walked listen uh, and we need to understand today listen the bible teaches us uh, that faith is an action uh, that faith is obedient works. Uh, James declares, he said, I'll show you my faith by my works. He said, to seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Seek uh, Francis and these are all active verbs Paul begins to reiterate through the epistles he said that we will run with patience that we press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus we even see uh, listen the 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 the, uh, the cry of of the greatest saint that we have recorded in biblical history aside from the Lord Jesus Christ Paul when he declares he said I have fought a good fight I have kept the faith I have finished my course. Force. henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me in that day and not to me only but all them who love his appearing uh, friends listen we need to understand uh, that there is a, uh, an application to our obedience that there is an application to our allegiance and to our faith that we should pursue Christ uh, listen Afterward, uh, and I've, I've discussed this and listen I'm going to get into this here once again because there is a perseverance. Those that endure to the end shall be saved. Those are the words of Christ. Uh, friends, there is a perseverance that is required uh, uh, through obedience and through the exercise of faith and allegiance and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. But we see, uh, listen, we see this in, in these people that are so hungry to follow after Christ. In the in the second table language that we have right here in the Gospels of the New Testament, uh, when we begin to read through these things, we see that people are hungry for the Messiah, Sigh. And friends, my heart's desire and cry, I listen to all saved people today is where is our hunger? I listen because I want to see this as we run to them yet once again, as John the Revelator is the same author. As he declares in the revelation of our Savior, Jesus Christ, it says, listen, it says, you have lost your first love. And friends, listen, it's time that we fall in love with Jesus once again. And I know that I've pressed on this point. I've listened many times and many days gone by. Listen, uh, but friends, it's time that we pursue the Lord Jesus Christ with everything, with all of the fervor and expediency that we can muster within ourselves because as we preached a couple weeks ago, listen, just a few verses prior to this in the fourth chapter of the gospel of John, the fields are white unto harvest. Friends, listen, we don't need to wait. We don't need to sit. We don't need to ponder. We need to go with expediency, with fervor. Listen, and understanding, listen, that we are coming. Coming to uh, to draw people to the Lord Jesus Christ, to take it. In- find a Messiah, that they can find a Savior, that they can find hope, and they can find peace and joy here in this present world, looking. But as Paul said, that this is not the finality. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, for, listen, if I had hope in this world only, I would be of all men most miserable. We are looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Paul, uh, listen, alluded to in 2 Corinthians, he said, I know if this earthly house of this tabernacle were all." We have a building of God not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Our friends, listen, we preached on this this previous Sunday that we are present. Listen, we understand that we need to stay here. We have pressing matters here. But listen, we long to be clothed with our home, which is from heaven above. But the Bible tells us, and we see this over and over and over again. We see the expediency and the excitement and the running to Christ. Friends, listen, the the one thing that concerns me, the absolute uttermost in today's church and and where we stand today, listen, Is there's no response to the preaching. The singing doesn't stir anymore. Where has the shout gone? Friends, listen to me. Listen, we don't seek God in faith. Fervor, uh, listen, in persistence and in prayer, and in tears, uh, friends. We need to be running after Him, pursuing Him, uh, as the Scripture says. Uh, listen, I, I believe that we should uh, that we should pray and fast, and that we should uh, uh, listen rigorously, search, and to seek out our Savior the lord jesus but the bible says when he heard these uh, when he heard that jesus was commanded of judea into galilee he went unto him besought him that he would come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death now friends listen I, and i know I, I, I spent an exorbitant amount of time talking about this but we need to understand friends listen this man ran to christ uh, listen he didn't know whether he could or even whether he would but he did uh listen he he, he He exercised the faith that he had at the moment to run to Christ. And through creation and conscience, God bears, uh, listen, in this general revelation that will point and push us toward Christ. And we as the gospel church, as the light of the world, as the salt of the earth, in this present age in which we live in, we need to make sure that we are pushing and pressing people to come to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We need Jesus. Listen, the world needs Jesus more so today than they ever have in the history of time. Uh, friends, listen, I believe that there's more lost people that surround and immerse us. Uh, there's generations of people that weren't, uh, listen, we are living in a generation of people who have not been raised in the house of God, and because of that, the gospel is foreign to them. Uh, church is, uh, listen, uh, uh, church is, is almost, uh, we wonder why things are the way they are, and it's because we live, our churches today are in a, are immersed in the middle of unchurched generations of people, uh, and they don't don't see the necessity for Christ. But, friends, listen, it is the gospel church's objective and mission. That is our great commission to go out into the highways and the hedges and to compel them to come in. But Jesus, the resounding trumpet of Jesus, his miracles, uh, listen, it barely got off the ground. But it resonated with this man. He ran to where Christ was. In verse 38, Jesus uh, tells us, listen, the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders you will not believe. So we see here uh, the establishment. If you go back over to John chapter 2, John uh, points this out uh, pretty specifically. uh, Listen, about this miracle. Uh, in verse number 11 of chapter 2, the Bible says, This beginning of miracles did Jesus at, uh, in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. So his disciples believed one time, they followed him. When he got to Cana, the wedding supper of Cana of Galilee, he began to execute his miracles, they believed yet again. We see this uh, double mechanism working right here uh, in this nobleman uh, that, that has come from Capernaum. But we see here, friends, listen, he believed enough to run unto Christ. Uh, We see in the closure of this text right here that he believed again. He believed to the extent that his whole house was converted. But now the Bible tells us right here, Jesus said unto them, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. We see a reference here from Daniel chapter number four. We see this, but listen, we'll get into this, and we're going to press on this here for just a few minutes tonight. It's not going to be very long, so I hope that you'll listen to it, but listen, the Bible says right here, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Friends, listen, when Jesus began to manifest himself as the Messiah, the incarnate, the Emmanuel, the second person of the Trinity is beginning to manifest, manifest himself in the inauguration of this kingdom is, is, is beginning to be established right here. We see the rise of the Lord Jesus Christ. As John the Baptist said, I must decrease that he might increase. So as we see the increase of the Messiah, uh, friends, listen. the Bible is, we will see with a great magnitude, the gospel preaching begins to wrap up. The truth is, is, is cried aloud and it's spared not. The miracles wrap up in intensity. Uh, friends, listen, and we see right here uh, where jesus said you must see these things to understand that i am he of which the prophets and the fathers have written and testified about i am the messiah this is why he exerted these things and listen the bible says jesus is explicit with this he says except you see signs and wonders you will not believe they had to see these things. Listen, they were acclimated to these things. We go back to uh, the mosaic or the exodus right here. We see the, where there were uh, 10 plagues, the final being something that was, listen, all 10 of those, they were something that were, could. Uh, they weren't abstract. They were something that, th- that they could uh, physically and tangibly touch and feel and taste and smell. Uh, friends, as we look at those 10 miracles, we see, uh, uh, for instance, Elijah and the prophets of Baal. We see the visible presence of God. Uh, we see uh, uh, the Edenic uh, uh, structure. We see all these visible and physical attributes. We uh, Listen, there's so many things that we can, uh, uh, through the text, that we can go back and we say, well, they had to see these things to believe these things, and because... My friends, there was a different operation of the spirit of God and and how God dwelt with his people because of the event of Eden. And we see where uh, we have a reclamation of the nations at the cross of Calvary. And Jesus is bringing together what was disparaged and dispersed. At the Tower of Babel, in Genesis chapter number 11, we see reconciled through the cross of Calvary. And we see the the buying back, the reinstitution of the nations. We see, listen, the the final and and third establishment of the everlasting and eternal tabernacle and kingdom, which is in the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is not founded upon people. The gospel is not founded upon me. The promises are not made to me. The promises and the covenants are unconditional to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, listen, Christ has fulfilled those things to every jot and to every tittle. He's dotted every I and crossed every T to those unconditional covenants that were attributed to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not attributed to me. They're attributed to the Lord Jesus Christ and he fulfilled them in all, uh, uh, listen, and he dotted every I, he crossed every T. There's nothing left to be undone. And so when he gave the declaration on the cross of Calvary, as the reclamation of nations was transpired, as evil had been overthrown, Satan had been disparaged, he, he gives this cry that we talk about often, the Greek language telestai, or it is paid in full, uh, because, friends, listen to me, the ransom redeeming price was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ, we as individuals in humanity and the church, the New Testament gospel of the church, we are satisfied, we are justified, in in Him, uh, friends, listen. We are sanctified in Him. We have joy, hope, and uh, and 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 satisfaction in Him. It is in Christ. It's not in ourselves. Friends, listen. This is where, uh, and I preached on this uh, two or three Sundays ago. Listen about what is the gospel. Listen, and we need to understand that the prominence and the most important and effectual points of the gospel is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the good news of the Messiah. Friends, listen, so we see this uh, great exercise of all signs and miracles and wonders, and we see people running, in multitudes as they're running and flocking to the Messiah. And now, just listen. Many people left. Many people uh, went different ways, and we understand that. Listen, and it's no different today than it was then, and it's be no different tomorrow than it is today. But friends, listen. We don't do this. Uh, friends, listen. We're, We shouldn't do that. We should never do this. We should never preach or sing or listen for any kind of response. But we should do this out of obedience to our faith that the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are aligning with his kingdom, with his ordinance, with his commandment, with his commission. And friends, today, listen to me. I believe now it's our heart's desire to seek and to save. Uh, listen to see those uh, that are that are lost uh, to, to see them drawn and come to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely, friends, listen. But our first and foremost uh, foremost priority should be to the to the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. When we align ourselves with Him. And not people and individuals and doctrines and systematics. Now, friends, listen to me. I understand when we study through the Scripture. I, listen, I, 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 there there are different systematics that we can follow doctrinally. We how we can adopt our theology. And listen, systematics are good. But I'm gonna tell you something, friends. Listen, when your systematics are uh, when they trump what the Word of God says. It's time that you change your system. You don't change the word of God. You change your system. We adapt what we believe. Our our theology has its first and foremost premise in the word of God. All these other things are uh, auxiliary items. Friends, they're secondary. Friends, listen, and we need to understand that when we adopt systematics, And when uh, denominations, especially when denominations uh, adopt doctrines, We often associate them with systematics and we start to align the scripture with our systematic. Friends, listen to me. We should never come to the word of God with our presuppositions of what we think the word of God should say so it'll fit our system. That's where we have made an egregious error in the gospel church today. We should approach the word of God, let it speak to us, let it change us, let it be the word of God, amen. What the word of God says is what we need to believe, amen? And if the word of God goes against our system, we need to leave the system behind. But the Bible tells us, now I don't even know how I got on that, amen? I I don't know how I get on a lot of things I get on. Nevertheless, here we go. So in verse number 49, the Bible says, the nobleman saith unto him, sir, come down ere my child die. So he says, "Uh, good master, sir, listen, he doesn't call him Lord, He's just heard of a miracle, work so he runs to him because his child is at the brink of the point of death. And friends today, listen, we need to understand that we as saved, born-again individuals, listen, we need to run to Christ. Listen, we need to cling to him. We need to seek his mercy, his counsel, his goodness, his judgment, his guidance, and his direction in every single facet of our lives. But the Bible says he came to him. He said, Sir, come down uh, ere my, uh, my child die. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. Now, Jesus didn't tell him to do anything. If you remember this uh, context, do you remember when Naaman went down and he went to see the prophet Elijah? And listen, uh, uh, listen uh, and Naaman came down there, and, and Elijah wouldn't even go out to see him. And it infuriated Naaman. And, and Naaman began to, he said, listen, and, and word came out by Elijah. He said, I tell him to go down the Jordan and dip seven times, and he should be cleansed. Uh, listen, and it made Naaman so incredibly mad. He said, are, are not the rivers of Abandoned Far Far much better than the old, muddy, dirty waters uh, of Israel, especially of the Jordan? Uh, friends, listen to me. We need to understand tonight uh, that it, it, it's not by. It's not by our acts of excellence and our acts of uh, perfection and, and how we perform. Th- th- uh, th- that's a wrong and, and incorrect construct of what salvation is. It's not, it's not built on pillars uh, on pillars of excellence and how we perform. Uh, Our salvation today is built on our allegiance and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, friends, listen, what does that look like? What does that manifest itself as? Yes, that should manifest itself as uh, adamant, engaging study of the Word of God. We should, listen, if we're saved by the grace of God then, friends, listen, we should adam- adamantly seek and search what the Word of God says. Amen. We, we should take to heart what Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 15, study to show thyself a, a, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Uh, Paul writes to Timothy again, I believe, in the third chapter of that same uh, book, and he tells him, he said, the Word of God says, uh, listen. Uh, it is good for reprove and rebuke and uh, instruction and correction that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, there, there is doctrinal and theological reasons that we need to study through the Word of God. We should be, uh, we should be soldiers. Of the word, we should be soldiers of the cross. We should be bearing our cross in the Lord Jesus Christ. That obedience to Him, that that constant seeking, and the in the process of sanctifying in our lives, and constantly, I uh, listen where sin is more sinful. Where we will we will we seek God's will in our life constantly, where His presence is ever. Uh, Is ever before us, where we stay our minds and our lips upon His holy word, friends. Listen, uh, uh, these are the things that that salvation should look like, friends. Now, listen. Now I'm not saying uh, that that doesn't give space for uh, backsliding and, and, and those things. Listen, because uh, we're not going to live perfect, friends. Listen, but that's what we need to come to the the real understanding of salvation. When you said this is why I keep reiterating this verse in Romans chapter number 5, verse number 8. Uh, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. You see, there's a, there is a purpose, there is a will. He died for us when we were in our most abominable, wicked state. There's nothing that we could ever do. We can never perform good enough. We can never live good enough to make him love us. He loved us when we were most unlovable. Amen. In 1 John chapter number four, the Bible tells us uh, not that we love God, but that he first loved us and gave his son to be the propitiation for our sins, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. You see, friends, listen to me. He loves us. And listen, when we pledge our allegiance and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is what uh, Jesus tells this man to do. He said, now listen, just believe. Same thing that Elijah told Naaman. Believe what I'm telling you. You may not want to do these things, but go, listen, you don't have to do some great or exceptional thing because I believe that a lot of people, that they equate their salvation to a Damascus Road experience. People will, not every person in this world in the Gospel New Testament Church will have a Damascus Road experience. And you know what? That's okay. People need to understand that it's okay not to have the same testimony or experience as somebody else as long as you have put your faith, hope, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in Christ, not in, not in anything that you've done, but it's all entirely in him. So this man that's known me said, Sir, come down there, my child. Die. Jesus said to him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. So he just took Jesus at his word. He turned around and he began to progress back home. The Bible says, And he was going down, and his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to uh, amend or, or get better. And the Bible says, And they said unto him yesterday at the seventh hour, uh, the fever left him. So about one o'clock in the afternoon, this is the same time that this man, as uh, is, he's is ran upon Christ and he realizes this. So the, in verse 53, the Bible says, so the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth and, uh, and, himself, and, uh, and, uh, and, and himself believed and his whole house. Friends, listen, uh, and this is why I'm really bearing down on this about this belief and allegiance and faith because this is the permeating message that the Gospel of John floods uh, as we we're going to work our way through this text. Friends, it's believing and aligning with the Messiah. It's not faith and, and confidence in the Old Covenant, in the old ways or in the laws or the ordinances thereof. It is wholly and solely in Christ. Believe, believe, believe. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible goes on to tell us, listen, it says he wasn't condemned because he believed. He said he was condemned because he believed not. This is, is the premise of the gospel. Friends, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible tells us that he believed. Uh, not only did he believe, but his whole house, we uh, can attribute that to a, a, whole, a household salvation. And The Bible says in verse 54, this, uh, this uh, is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea of Galilee. And like I said, these miracles, these signs, and these wonders, they're all for one purpose and they're all for one reason, and that's to reveal Christ as the Messiah. I am he in which your fathers whom you love, I am he that they spoke of. I am the Messiah. God bless you tonight. We love you. I hope and trust that the Lord will keep you and watch over you. good Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday morning.